5, 5, 4, 4, 3, 3, 2, 1, 1, 1, 1. We have ignition. Strap in. You're listening to God Stories Radio. God Stories Radio. God Stories Radio. Bringing hope and comfort through the Christian testimony. Welcome to God Stories Radio. This is session 43. I'm Mike. I'm Fred. And here we are. Yes, we are. Again, on Again, a Thursday night. On a Thursday night. Uh, no Trish. No, Trish is uh, in some school lawyer thing, event. Law school lawyer deal. She loves that. She does. She really but does. She, I she think she's really missing this too, though. Oh, yeah. She just texted me a few minutes ago and I rubbed it in. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, How's your week been, Mike? Um, riding a wave. It just uh, just continuing to watch Lord, the Lord uh, show me little things here and there that um, He's in control, and it, the time has come. It, time has come. Time is here. Yep. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you sharing your bagger van story last week. That was pretty cool. It was. Uh, still waiting for the biggie, but again, still, you know, you see, you see those little things, and uh, I'm just <laughs> riding the wave. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you just really don't have the words. No, you don't. Yeah, it's it so awe. It is. It is. Nothing surprises me anymore around here. Nope. Not at all. <laughs> It is no surprise that we have the guests that we do tonight. We have in-house, we have Sarah and Owen from Two Loaves, One Fish Ministries. That's cool. And they're going to give uh, kind of a co-op testimony and tell us about their ministry. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. How are you guys doing? Good. Pretty Enjoying good. my day off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't miss anything. Sarah happens to be my associate manager at uh, Extra Space Storage and does a, a whale of a job, and I'm very blessed to have her. Aw, thanks, Fritz. Okay. She affords me a lot of uh, liberties that I wouldn't have with somebody that wasn't experienced. So, but anyway, it's not about me. It's about you guys. <laughs> well, then. We're just going to let <laughs> yeah. you take it away. Okay. So, welcome. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for the opportunity to... Uh, uh, let us be here and to to share a little bit of our lives with you guys. Um, definitely, I know God's doing a, a lot of great things here. Um, just being able to share testimonies and for people to listen and it's it's just an amazing thing, amazing feeling just to be here for tonight. Um, Sarah and I were were overjoyed, bless you, overjoyed to um, to be here and um, just give a little bit of us. Uh, Wow, Ooh, we've come a long way. We definitely have. <laughs> I saw some of the YouTube videos uh, oh, where you guys were going through the woods and you were just mm -hmm. randomly praying for the people in the tents and whatnot. Yeah, that was because um, I had done uh, like feeding the homeless, but in a more organized way where we would stand on a line and people would come to us. And 
I just I, although I I love that type of of uh, ministry and labor for the Lord, I wanted to really go out there. I wanted to know what it was like. How did they live? Um, what could we do to help them improve and just get them out of that current situation? And mm-hmm. um, so one day, uh, we just started driving around uh, downtown Kissimmee, and a guy had been standing on the corner with a sign, and he said, uh, "We'll work for food" or some sign like that. So I'm, I drive right by him. Don't don't even think about it. And then when people go, oh, something told me, but we know as Christians what that something was. Yeah. It was that, that small voice. And as he said, turn around. So I said, you know what, Lord, I'm going to do what you say. Turn the car right around. We, uh, the guy was on a corner, but there was a parking lot right behind him. So we drive into the parking lot. It was me, Owen, my mom, and a friend of ours, teenage kid, Kevin. He loves to do work, too, as well. So I'm like, all right, guys, this is it. We're going to go out. We're going to just see what happens. Let the Lord lead us. We got out the car. We met the gentleman. His name is Jimmy. And um, we just started talking. And he just, his whole life just came out in two seconds. He wanted to talk. And he wanted us to pray for him. And then he goes, I have a camp. And we said, what? He goes, yeah, we live in the woods right down the street. And I said, well, we'd love to meet him. So he takes us down there. Uh, one Another visit. And I bring my dad with us, and it it's like Tent City, I call it. It really is. Uh, everyone has their own tent, which is like their room, I guess you can call it. And in the middle of their Tent City is a living room. They'll get, like, old couches and stuff like that. Um, and then there's a designated cook out of the group. And there'll be, like, a little kitchen area where it's the pots, the fire, and whatever food they can get. And it was just one of the most amazing things to go in there and um, see what they do and how they live and how they get by. I mean, Owen was more in there with my dad and stuff, so he can tell you more. He was, like my dad said, it was real in the field. We were discussing your ministry a little bit last week on the show, and um, I think it was Trish said something there that uh, there's an ordinance where you can't feed them. Yeah, we found out uh, actually a couple of days ago because we wanted to branch out and go into Orlando. And it's actually against the law to feed them. Yes, it is. Because yeah. I did the same thing in Tampa. Really? Oh. I, the church where God found me, uh, we used to go out on Monday nights and feed the homeless, like you said, in a line type situation mm-hmm. or anything else. But And I was about that close to being homeless myself. Wow. And there I was on the other side of the line, and I was more blessed. I feel I was more blessed than they were. Yeah. Um, and then uh, one of my roommates, a little bit after that, had an idea that you did, the same thing you did, Go and, and we went into Tampa, and he made, we had a, like a line going sandwiches and put a bag, in a bag we put a sandwich and something to drink and a snack and something else, and we went out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was a Friday night or a Saturday night and went around the streets of Tampa and, and the stuff I saw was just it's incredible it's it really incredible is. to see how they live how they get by what we say I was talking to a, a one of my dad's colleagues her name is Dr. Brenda Kelly and I was telling her what we say is too much for us or what we say is oh I don't need that and uh, let's get rid of that. And we don't think that what our overflow is is someone's basic necessities, mm-hmm. and we forget that a lot sometimes. And when we've gone out to the woods and 
to these people's camps. It's amazing what we can give them that can actually help them get by. And I think that's more of what our ministry we want to get across is that it's the little things. People always want to look for the grand gesture and the biggest donation and how much can you get out of this. But it's really just even just sitting there and listening to them, praying for them. It really changes things. Mm-hmm. And especially thinking about, you know, just those little things. Uh, I know one time, uh, I think it was like the second time, maybe the first time that we went out. And one thing that was on my wife's uh heart wishes to say you know we want to do something for people we want to be out there and to to help them and to to show them that there's someone that loves them and not only that but to spark something in other people for other people to see that there 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 is good in this world that there is light Mm -hmm. in this world and in one instance we came to this gentleman uh he was at a gas station Mm -hmm. we came up for him we started praying with him We, we we talked with him and we got back in the car and uh, someone had a, a lotto ticket that uh, that we had, and my wife Sarah she decided, well, I'm gonna give this ticket to to the gentleman, and it had a couple dollars. So um, she gave it to him. But this whole time, there are two other guys. They they saw us praying for him, and uh, while we talked to him the first time, he said, all I want is just a hot dog. I just want something to eat. So we gave him this ticket, and then but these other people saw us there. One of the guys came up and and asked him like can I get you something? And he's like, just want a hot dog. Guy went inside, bought, bought him a hot, hot dog. dog. Yeah. Another guy, he had something to drink, and he came up and said, here, this is for you. And the gentleman was like, you know, I, I, I don't want it. It's okay. That's that's your drink. No, I bought it for you. And that was something that, that really touched our hearts was yeah. to, to see <laughs> that not only that we're trying to help people but to spark that in others and to yeah, be the catalyst so to speak mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. yeah. That's, a good word. that's where the reward is yeah definitely that's for sure yeah and when i say um we come a, we've come a long way it's because like you said it's two testimonies one show our backgrounds one. are so different i mean well owen you can go ahead because he what his testimony brings like where his testimony brings him to is where mine starts <clears throat> And then I like to call it God's divine appointment after that. Yeah, we call it the two-by-four upside the head. Yeah. <laughs> you've probably heard that because you've listened to some yeah, of our podcasts, so four. you know. Yeah, it's uh, it's really funny how God always gets your attention. And, you know, he's always... Sometimes it's not. No, sometimes it's not. Sometimes funny in my not. case, that's for sure. You know, in, 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 retrospect, in retrospect, when you look back at some things, I guess in uh, certain situations, um, my situation... My uh, my story begins basically the start of my career uh, after high school or you know during high school. I was always that uh, that calm, collective kid, and always uh, never got into trouble really. And but you know hung out with the friends, and you know as kids do, they they kind of get into trouble sometimes. And that was who I was. I was kind of stay off the spotlight kind of a guy. And just to be that kind of person, you know, I'm going to be cool with my friends. And, you know, we smoked weed and we did all these th- things that kids do. Coming into my career right out of high school, fresh out of high school, I joined the United States Marine Corps. Signed up for uh, for enlistment and that was my, my dream. That was my passion. You know, all throughout high school, um, I did JROTC and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to serve and make a career out of it. I don't think I've ever met a Marine that wasn't. 
passionate about what they do. Mm-hmm. They really, really are. He really, yes. really is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's something that's in our blood. Um, it's, it's about honor. You know, that one of the main things for Marines is honor, courage, and commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, hoorah. 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 So, um, so that's what I did. I, I joined the Marine Corps, and uh, I started living my life and getting trained and got a station in Louisiana. I was there for about, I would say, two and a half, almost three years. But something, something I, I guess in my, my mind, that's what I had planned for my life. That's what I decided, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to go my own way pretty much. And uh, when I was raised as a kid, I was raised in church. Um, my mother's a praying woman. You know, Thank God for her. Yes. Um, so I had that background. I had that knowledge of God, who he was, but I just never lived that, that lifestyle. I never knew him personally as my Lord and Savior. So as, as I'm going through my military career, I was always, I started coming to that, that, that I'm going to do my own thing and, you know, I'm a Marine and I'm invincible. I'm going to live life to the fullest. I'm going to party. Um, you know, I'm going to drink and all this stuff. And that's, that's what they do. You get assimilated into this kind of uh, lifestyle. And um, I got used to that. Coming back home, my friends were still doing the same things that they were doing before and part of me I, I kind of missed that being home with my friends so what I really decided to do was just I'll try to be kind of sly I try to go on leave and go home and still smoke and possibly try to clean up afterwards so to speak and come back and just act like everything was normal and I actually did that and got away with it for a couple of years and only by the grace of God, a lot of things that I've done that I'm still here today. Um, one day, I go back home and did the same thing, just like I usually did. Came back. The following day that I came back from leave, now I have a urinalysis test. And, but this time, I, I didn't really save much time for it to get out of my system or anything like that. And uh, eventually, long story short... Popped in my urinalysis test, and my whole world came crashing down. Ooh. My every dream that I had, that I was aspiring for, it just, it was done. And the Marine Corps is very intolerant of those things. Uh, they have a zero tolerance policy. What ended up happening is I ended up getting discharged. So now I'm thinking to myself, what am I gonna do? How am I going to change my life? And I didn't want to change my life at the time. I still wanted to hold on to what I had before. Uh, I ended up staying in New Orleans where I was stationed after I got discharged. I was afraid to come back home. You know, my mother kept telling me, come back home, come back home. You know, your family's here for you and, you know, we're going to support you no matter what. But I still wanted to hold on to that world and do my own thing. I kept partying. Uh, I lived on my own with another friend who was a Marine. Little by little, I started to, well, I didn't realize at the time, but God started making his appearance in my life. I know he was always there watching out for me, but I started opening up to his calling in my life. The the craziest thing, well, I shouldn't say crazy, but I know it's God's hand in my life. The moment that I got the military and all the pay that I had, it started running down. Little by little, and then I was running out of money. I didn't have any money. I'm looking for a job now. And the very time that I get a job, 
from the next paycheck that I had, I ran out of money, and then the paycheck came in. So there was never like a, a, a lax of, of provision. The people that I, I used to work at Subway in New Orleans, and my manager and the owners, they were both Christians. And this is how I come into how I knew Christ, because they started inviting me to Bible studies, and I was like, well, I'll just show up and see what this is all about. Started going, and little by little, God started to show a hunger. Uh, he started to put a hunger in me to, to learn more about him. I started going back to church. My mom was always like, go back to church. You know, you need to go to church. And then from there, that's, I, I, that I... That sounds like her. Yeah. Going <laughs> <laughs> to move to your aunt and auntie in Bel Air. Yeah. Why aren't you in church? <laughs> so um, at that point, I gave my life to Christ and eventually decided to face my fears and come back home. Come back home and right instantly into it, found another job. You know, I was just in a parking lot looking for work one day and then the Holy Spirit told me, Publix. And so I turned and I looked and there was Publix and I went in there for the application, instantly got the job. And I'm thinking to myself, like, how did this, like, how does this happen, <laughs> you know? I ended up being there for some years and slowly but surely the, the Lord started to, to work with me and I made my transition from what I was yesterday and who I am today. Part of that, you know, growing up basically and I started growing up in my maturity in the Lord and in the Word and um, not only that but everyone wants to settle down every once in a while like when they get to that age and they, they say I'm tired of doing all the crazy things as a, as a youth and I wanted to settle down. It was my time. But the funny thing was, I was like, well, how am I going to find somebody? <laughs> like, where, where do I find somebody to, to really connect with? And um, one, uh, one scripture that, that always comes back to mind uh, where it talks about being equally yoked. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't want <laughs> to be unequally yoked. And I thought to myself, I went to a large church and uh, I'm like, I'm not going to look for for a girl to find to start dating in church. It just seems awkward to me. <laughs> yeah, that's when it happens, though, when it's not a priority. That's mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah, yeah and, and I, I I tried dating and I tried doing different things, and nothing was, was really happening for me. So I came up with the idea one day that um, I'm going to get on a Christian dating site. Uh, and I said, well, if I'm not going to look in church to find somebody – and I don't know anybody that, that lives around me. I wanted to really find someone who loved the Lord, who didn't just say they were a Christian, who really had the Lord in their heart and lived by that word. And um, one day I, I found my uh, lovely wife's profile here and sent her a message, and she could probably take it over from there. <laughs> Twenty thing is while Owen was looking, I was trying to run away. <laughs> I was recently divorced I would say about a year officially off paper I had been uh, recently divorced and I just gave up my whole family we picked up we moved to Florida and I said great fresh start I don't got to think about anything I used to do and I just focused on work a lot I were and here in Florida I started working just working 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 and I was like, oh, let me find a relationship. And I guess a guy would sound nice about now. Friday night, I don't got nothing to do. 
I started dating here in Florida, but again, unequally yoked. I was like, uh, even if they didn't care for God or didn't want to listen to it, I was like, oh, that's okay. I'll make you like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably my first mistake. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Not that we've ever done that. <laughs> so I get on this, uh, and when I realized that, that making unbelievers want to like Jesus is not going to work in a relationship. No. What I, I say, went to, you need Jesus. <laughs> you need Jesus. I went to a dating website, and there I had found, uh, I started talking to a guy, and it wasn't Owen. This guy, I would say, persuaded me. It's, again, it was also my choice to pick up and move to Wisconsin. And I was in the middle of a great career. Um, thank God that the company I worked for at the time, they allowed me to transfer to an office in Wisconsin. So I move up there. I mean, my car, my dog, and everything I owned in a car. And we move up to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And at first, everything was like rainbows, cotton candies, and all the good stuff coming out, right? And then somewhere along the line, it just went from uh, good to worse in probably like 0.6 seconds. And it was to the point where... I didn't trust him. I didn't trust him around my dog because I love my animals. And that was one of the incidents for me where one morning I woke up and my dog had uh, his eyes were like bloodshot red. So we took him to the emergency room and the veterinarian pulled me to the side and she said, between me and you, someone hit him. This is a head trauma. So I was messed up all day. I'm thinking about it. He had two small girls at the time, too. So I was not only had met someone moved to Wisconsin, I was also playing mommy at the same time. He was a single dad. So I'm like, well, maybe was it the girls? And, you know, so I pulled the girls aside. I said, girls, did you hit Diego? And they're like, no, 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 no. So I asked him. I said, you know, did you get upset to the point you had to hit him? And he was like, no, I would never do that. That's your dog. But nothing just ever, ever since that moment, nothing ever felt right. And it wasn't until one day we escalated to the point where we were in each other's faces. And, I mean, I can go back to that day sometimes vividly in my brain of the mental and emotional abuse I had to endure just to get out of that house. My mom was on the phone with me, and I'm like, Mom, I can't stay here, but how do I get back to Florida? And she was like, just drive. And I was like, but all I have is my car and Diego, and it's like 12 to 15 hours to drive back. And she said, just drive. The Lord's going to carry you. And I'm like, Ma, don't, don't give me that Lord business right now. Mom, I'm stuck. And she says, Sarah, just drive. And my dad is such a prayer warrior. He, she said, your dad's praying for you right now. Just drive. So I started driving. No idea where I was going. I put home in my GPS, and it was like, oh, you will reach your destination in 17 point something something hours. And I'm like, oh, God, great. So I'm driving, and my dad says, I have money. I'll send it to you. Pull over. Spend the night in a hotel and keep driving. So at this point, every man in my life has failed me, but my dad's never failed me. So I just listen to dad. I keep driving, and I keep driving, and I'm like, God, if you're real right now, you're going to get me to Florida in one piece because I don't know how I'm going to do this drive alone. When you ask God to do something, I feel like when you call him out, like he has no choice but to show up and show out. Yeah. And when I did that, when I tell you I have no idea how I got to Florida, 
we got to Gainesville, me and my dog Diego, and my parents were there waiting for me. And they said, you've, you've driven enough. We'll take over from here. It was maybe about 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. We're in Gainesville, and they picked me up. And it took me a while to come back to Florida and, I guess, get back into that routine of work, 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 because that's all I was. And then I let this time with this man go by and just completely break me down. I wanted nothing to do with men, with anything. I was one of those people that just dug into work and let it rip. And then my dad had told me, uh, Sarah, don't let this be the end for you. And I was like, Dad, you don't, I don't want to hear that right now. And he said, no, don't worry. God will never take you to a place that he can't bring you out of. And I said, okay. So I'm on this Christian dating website still. And when I think about it, I'm like, oh, let me close that profile down just in case this guy tries to contact me again because that's how we first met. And when I try and close it down, there's this little blinker. It's going, you have a new message. You have a new message. Ding, ding, ding. And I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> so I said, well, what the heck? I'm about to close the profile down anyway. Let me just check the message. What is it going to do? It's a curiosity. Yeah, curiosity did kill the cat here. So I open up the message, and it's Owen. And he had, like, the most, I mean, it, if gentlemen could scream from the internet, it probably would have at the time. It was like, good evening, my name is Owen, and this, this, and that. And I'm just like, no, no, I'm not doing this again. So then I said, well, okay, let me send him a message and then close it down. So I send the message, close it down, close the profile down, and we just started talking from there. I mean, I didn't trust him at all. I didn't know if... This was going to be round two of heartache and mental and emotional abuse. And I shut down on Owen. I mean, I gave him the bad end of the stick a lot during our, uh, I guess you could say, courtship. Yeah. He tried so hard. He would text me, email me. Um, we would try and go out on dates, but just I didn't want anything to do with him. I just... And my dad and even my brother, he was like, Sarah, you're going to miss out on something good just because you let one person ruin it for you. And I was like, ah, yeah, yeah, you're 15. You don't know what you're talking about. And it wasn't until I told Owen, let's just leave this alone. We're just friends. Let it go. Why don't you just leave me alone? You clearly need something more in your life, and I can't give you that more right now. But he didn't give up persistence <laughs> and, and, and by the way to encourage you know others who are who are seeking that person then uh it is possible to get out the friend zone <laughs> it's possible you're encouraging us brother because oh. we're the singles club here me and mikey yes we are don't give up oh, <laughs> no but i i totally relate to what she's saying because after my third marriage you know paul talks about his thorn in the flesh mm-hmm he never says what it is, whether it was just a physical thing, it was a mental thing. But sometimes God puts those, maybe those people in your life to become a thorn in the flesh, to keep you focused. Yeah. Because I have a similar, almost similar testimony as you. Wow. Hey, coming off of that, I've been almost five years now without really a, a relationship. And any time I've gotten close to somebody, I, I pushed them away. Yeah. It's just you, so, something like you can't control, like... 
No. I don't even know how to explain it. Like, you just don't want that. You want them close, but not too close. Right. Exactly. And you when they the get too close, and... go away. That's right. You have to heal from that, mm-hmm. or, you, or you never can move forward. So, mm-hmm. sorry to interrupt that. No, that's good. Because I was just, <laughs> when I just said that, we were talking about I'm, healing. I'm over here throwing the handkerchief. <laughs> Preach on. <laughs> go on, brother. <laughs> I need the B3. <laughs> <laughs> When you talk about healing and moving on, um, after my first marriage failed, I i mean, I was with the person for seven years. I mean, that was I went through high school, all through high school with him. I went through college with him. We ended up getting married, and it just all fell apart like three weeks right before our one-year anniversary of being married. From there, I really thought there was nothing else for me. I mean, God, you gave me someone for seven years and we got married. What happened? Why didn't it work? And then I really, really disliked God at that time in my life. Like I thought he was just something my dad would talk about to make us feel good because my dad's a pastor. I just, I just could never understand the healing. And when we moved to Florida, I was looking for things to get over. And I actually, that's when I found real life as well. Cause they have, um, divorce, meetings and yep, divorce care there you uh, go mike and i both went through it yeah. yes we did and mike i went, went through their emails and they would email me every day divorce care mm-hmm. and real life some someone my from life. real life wow and it exactly it really did it really healed something in me that it made me realize that i can move on that don't let this be the end of your life that times there's some marriages that just don't work because they were never god-centered to begin with when i met owen I knew it was God-centered, but I still didn't believe enough in it. And it wasn't until we got engaged and we were getting ready to get married that I realized that we were going to be powerful people together. I mean... And you don't think Satan wants to shut that down before it gets started? Yeah. Oh, my goodness, you got that right. Fritz, you are all in my head right now. <laughs> you, 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 are, you are all in our testimony. Like. <laughs> Yes, I know my... what flavor this Kool Aid is. I've been <laughs> I've drank it before. Uh-huh. It's 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 funny you mention that because uh, her her dad he always looked at us and he was like, "You two as believers, I had just love you guys. I love you, and you're gonna be a power couple." He always told us that you're gonna be a power couple and you're gonna do great things for the kingdom of God. Well, I applaud him, and I'll tell you why because uh, he was validating you, and mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. one thing that probably. What would you say, Mike? A very, very high percentage of of boys and girls, men, women, have never been validated by their parents. Exactly. And I, I and when I talk, I'm strange, not strange, but when I say dad, he's actually my stepdad. But that's never been a factor for me. I mean, my real dad has been incarcerated my entire life. Uh, we just started to try and have a relationship maybe like two, three months ago. But my my stepdad, the one I call dad, the one that's walked me down the aisle, the one that's paid things for me, the one that's, you know, come to me when I'm crying and broken. He took his role as stepdad and he took it on as his own. When we when we go places, he'll tell everyone that's my daughter. Like the word step just isn't in our vocabulary together. And some people are so, um, he does it so well. Someone goes, oh, that that's your daughter, right? My stepdad is African-American. So everyone goes, oh, I see the resemblance. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just because we're so close. It's just, 
Um, they try to back up and punt. Yeah, yeah. Man, aren't they? <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> but I love him dearly. And um, like you said, he's given me so much validation. And for the girls, as for girls out there as well, and for the fathers as well, you don't know how much you affect your daughter's life until her life is falling apart. When that's happening, the first thing you want is dad. And I remember driving back from Wisconsin and all I kept thinking was, God, dad, why? I just wanted to call him, but I was driving already two o'clock in the morning. But I knew that he was praying for me. And I knew that once I got back to Florida, all I wanted to see was my dad. To know that all the, like I said, every guy had failed me, but I know my dad was never going to fail me. When he met Owen, oh my God, he was thrilled and he was overjoyed and because he felt, I guess, I guess you guys are dads. You can say when your daughter's with somebody, you want to feel that whoever she's with is close to you or better than you. And my dad always felt that way with Owen, that Owen was always going to lead me in our marriage. He was never going to lead me away from the word, which is one of his biggest things. And he hasn't. He's always nourished me with the word. And I guess that's one of the reasons I love him. Just because he's a good guy. Good. Oh, you're going to make me blush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he aight. He aight. But, yeah, before we got married, it was rough. I mean. It really was. When you said that, Fritz, what Satan didn't want, he really didn't want us no, together. No, no. I mean, it was to the point um, where... Our, our wedding plans changed like four times mm-hmm. to the point where we got so fed up. We just got married in Osceola County, the courthouse. We were so fed up with all the details and all the distractions. Um, we, He was working at Publix. He wanted to better himself in a way of more of he wanted to be more career minded, I guess, corporate and stuff like that. And I guess you can tell them what happened there. Well, um, you know, I, I put my time in at Publix and um, trying to think about the long run of things and um, waiting for that promotion for full time. And, you know, we're coming into our relationship and we're getting deeper and deeper into it. We got engaged. And um, like she said, I, I wanted to I wanted to better myself and and I felt stable at Publix but at the same time i there was no reward out of it for me i i wanted it now i, I guess you could say i wanted uh that full-time position and i felt like i deserved it i felt like uh you know i put this time in here at this job and but they're not doing anything for me they they kept promising and promising uh we're going to give you full time and um and here i am about to step into the next journey of my life and to become married and you know as a future husband at that time I wanted to be able to provide and all these different things but it wasn't it wasn't going anywhere you know for the both of us we wanted to to see something we wanted to see some kind of fruit of my labor we all know that God he he closes the doors that that no man can can close and he opens the doors that no man can open and we're just relying on God at this point and just saying, mm-hmm. you know, God, do you want me to stay here? Do I do I leave? Do I go somewhere else? And so eventually I started seeking another job. I wanted to seek a, a higher paying job, of course. Everyone, you know, needs a little more in their life. But um, so I'm seeking another job. 
And then I found one to that I got an interview for for a technician position, and uh, so I said, "Well, this is going to be really good." You know, we were praying, Sarah and I. We were praying. Mm-hmm. We have these needs, and you know, God, He really does hear your prayers. You list out your needs. You you have bold faith. You know, her her dad always said, "You know, activate your faith." You got to activate it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And we sat down and we said, here are certain things that I need. I want to be able to be free on Sunday. I want to be able to, to, to go to church. I want to be able to have a higher-paying job, um, get uh, another vehicle and all these things. And Well, actually, I had a vehicle at the time, but, um, but I told God, you know, if you're going to give me a vehicle, I'm going to use it for, for the right reasons. Also, you know, silly things like... I didn't want to have to shave all the time at Publix. And <laughs> so I was tired of that. So we listed all these things, and lo and behold, this interview came, and it opened up this door for me. And it's funny because right at that very moment, Publix came and said, we're going to promote you to full-time. I was like, whoa, now I have a choice. Do I stay here at Publix, and do I stay content? I I just like the word content. You know, My wife, she never wants me to, to just be content and settle for the least thing. She's always been my motivator. She's always been my, my backbone. I can say that I've come from that lifestyle of just selling for whatever's there. Mm-hmm. So she's always pushed me in, in those ways. So I said, do I be content and stay here? Or do I go for this new job, which I feel like I can better myself and, and uh, something that I enjoy more. So I go for that job. I get it. I left Publix for a little less than two weeks' notice. And so I start that new job. And everything is fine for a while. I have this car. I have this new job. And this, by the way, is uh, in fall of um, right before we got married. And so it's like we're, we're coming into this new thing of, all right, we're going to get married and everything's fine. Mm-hmm. That all crumbles away. About, what do you say, like a couple weeks? Yeah, I would say... Three to four weeks right before we got married. Three to four weeks right after, uh, at that point, I get laid off. Yeah. Right after that, even before I get laid off, uh, to backtrace a little bit, that new that car that I had, it, it had oil problems. It had uh, some leaks and stuff, and we didn't have any money. I want to get it fixed. And I know I should get it taken care of, but never got to it. And one day on the way to work to that job, my engine blows. It's gone. Right in the middle of I-4. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Like, like I'm asking God, like, seriously? Really? Like, <laughs> seriously? Yeah. Now? And, um, and then, like I said, I got laid off right after that. So now we're both, we're, we're puzzled. We're questioning God. We're saying, how can all these things happen? In my mind, I'm like, we're supposed to be the power couple. We're supposed to be the power couple. How are like, we going to be a power couple if you don't have a job and a car? <laughs> all these things. And we really, at that moment in our lives, we started getting tested. We're thinking, like, where are we going to live? You mm-hmm. know, we, we've been searching for apartments and places to live. And we, we couldn't find anywhere. Uh, we didn't know what we were going to do. We didn't want to be married and still, um, you know, living at home. Mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. and um so we we went for some trying times and we didn't know what to do people kept telling us um our parents just you know keep holding on and 
And then don't. we had the naysayers. Don't you think these are signs from God that you shouldn't get married? And Yeah. But I don't... People only cast stones at a fruitful tree. There you go. I like that, Fritz. Yep. Because that, that's exactly what I felt like. I felt yeah. like we were ready to take on anything that we needed to because we knew that we were going to get married, that things were going to change, that I always tell people him and I were meant to have a purposeful marriage. And God wouldn't have put us together if there wasn't a plan for him and I. Mm -hmm. So we got married anyway, courthouse. And we said, if you, you, you're your fam, our family, you love us, you'll meet us at the courthouse and you'll love us and wish us our best. So everyone did. Our family did. A whole bunch of people came out. It was like 15, 20 of us in a courthouse room <laughs> getting married. We packed it up. And um, after that, though, I was still the only person working. We were living in my parents' house at the time. So it's like, geez, how are you supposed to be a newlywed and you're living in your parents' house? So we were going to a church at a time and we this lady, we met this lady and really nice lady and her and my mom got really close. Um, but she could no longer live in Florida. She was an elderly lady, so she needed to move back to uh, Pennsylvania to be with her family. And she had an apartment, but she didn't want to break the lease. So she calls my mom and says, hey, I know Sarah just got married do you think she would take over my lease in my apartment for me? And so my mom comes to me. She lets me know. And I'm like, uh, yeah, definitely. And I was at work and he was home at the time. So I called him and I said, we have a place to live now. And he was like, how? How is this working? What do you mean? And I said, this lady from church, she wants to give us her apartment and we can start our life now. Three weeks after getting married, we move into this studio apartment, which we are still currently at right now. I mean, things just, when I say God had favor on our lives and our marriage, he started applying for jobs and he got hired by um, a local company here in Claremont, uh, Squeegee Squad. Great guy. He hired Owen. He got his Sundays off. Same thing we ever petitioned the first time. He still got, Same he still thing. gets his Sundays off. He doesn't mm -hmm. have to shave and... <laughs> so God still heard his prayers from a year ago. So then we're we're in this marriage now where he's working now and we have our apartment and everything's working and I'm like but there's there has to be more. My life has to be more than this. I when we were dating I had told him I said I don't know if you want to. I said but my goal in life is to take care of the homeless. And I'm not sure if that's something you want. And he said, yeah. He said, of course. That's, exa that's exactly what I want to do in my life. And I said, really? And he said, damn. So when we got married and our life was starting to actually come together, I said, I think it's time for us to start feeding the homeless. And he was like, sure, I'm, I'm down. Let's do this. So in January of this year, I said, well, what do you want to do? He said, let's just get some PB&Js together. Let's get some fruit, some water, and let's just go hit the streets. And it was January 26th of this year on a Sunday after church. Yeah. And we just started driving. And every month since then, we've gone out. The operation has gotten bigger than I uh, anticipated. We've had people from different churches want to help us. We've um, gone. We've expanded from Kissimmee to Davenport. Next month is Orlando. We for Easter, we've actually had the opportunity to um, put them in a hotel for the evening. Um, we were able to feed them clothes um, just to make them feel comfortable and 
that shower. I mean, if you meet any of these homeless people, the first thing they tell you is that they want a hot shower. So we got that for them, and then we took them to church Easter Sunday with us, and they just loved it. And we talked to them. Some of them actually have Facebook and um, cell phones and stuff, I guess, like the government phones and stuff. We're able to talk with them every month. So it's not just a here's a sandwich, um, Jesus loves you, and walk away kind of thing. It's a relationship we've built with them every month. When we started it, we was like, oh, let's just do this. We didn't even consider it ministry. We just considered, let's just do stuff. And then one day my brother-in-law comes out, and he goes, you should you should call yourself two loaves, one fish. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, and he was like, two yeah. Two um, I was like, so we were like, but uh, the story is about five loaves and two fish. And the numbers like, are wrong. <laughs> yeah, so we were like, I think your numbers are wrong. And he was like, no, no, call it two loaves, one fish. And the number two and one um, is very significant to us. Two stands for the two of us, and one is for the one God that we serve. There's also the scripture that says, where two or more are gathered in my name, there I'll be in the midst of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we've taken those scriptures and actually just ran with it because when we go out every month, I mean, we've seen people been healed from some things. I mean, we've seen people uh, just totally broken down and be rebuilt in that same moment, just through prayer and through the Holy spirit. Next month, we're actually going to go into Orlando. It's our first time going out on a Saturday night. We usually do it Sundays after church. Um, so this time will be interesting. I've never done a night type of ministry. So <laughs> you scare me a little on, bit, Mikey, in, with your eyes like that. Well, that night, when we mentioned, when it came to mind when we were talking about it, I started to relive some of that night. And we turned down the street, and we had to walk. He says, we're going to get out here. And as soon as we turned the corner from that big building and looked down the street, all I saw for probably – a hundred yards wow. was just sleeping bag after sleeping bag after sleeping bag lined up on the sidewalk on both sides of the street. Oh my God. It was their position and their spot. And it was, and we had to be quiet to walk down because if, you know, I, he was, he, um, <clears throat> Jeremiah had said that, uh, you just gotta be quiet because there's certain ones. If you rouse them up, you know, there's going to be, altercations right. and such like that so we just went and just walked and dropped the bag on each sleeping bag and just kept on going didn't stop the talk or anything else because again you don't want an altercation and again you know i'm saying there was there was probably a couple hundred sleeping bags there on both wow. sides of the street and, and that was just it was something that god wanted me to see and even to this day i really don't know Wow. Just to let me know, though, what how good I have it probably is one thing that's coming to mind. But, exactly. Yeah. That's the first thing that comes to my mind when we're out there with them. Um, one lady we met, she has five kids. they all grown up, but none of them want to help her. They all know she lives in the woods. They all know she does have a drinking problem, but none of her kids want to help her. I think about my mom and... I just, I can't imagine abandoning my mom like that with, even if she had an issue, uh, with whether it was drugs or alcohol, whatever the case was, I, I can't be without my mom. 
I mean, me and my mom, if anyone wants to see her, I'm my mom's twin. So to think that I can abandon her, I, it, it, it still kind of gets me to this day. And I think about that lady every time, even if I don't get to see her every month, I think about her and to know that this is where her life has come to, to know that you feel sometimes no matter how much you do for them, no matter how many times you go out there every month, you kind of feel like you don't, you're not making a difference. Um, but it wasn't until someone had told me that when you plant a seed, someone else will come along and water it. Mm -hmm. And then the next person will come along and cultivate it. And mm -hmm. then next thing you know, you have a saved person right. walking strong in the Lord, proclaiming Jesus everywhere they go. And you're like, wow. That was that one time I just I spoke to them. Yep. That, mm -hmm. fruit, that fruit of, yeah. the, of the labor mm -hmm. that, uh, that we put in. And it's, it's difficult sometimes. It really is. You know, even not even just in our own personal relationship, but walking in that faith and, and doing this ministry, Satan, he, he really doesn't like that. No. Um, no. At times, it's discouraging. At times, you know, we ask each other, like, you know, did we make that difference? Mm -hmm. Or should we still be doing this? Should we still do this? Or, you know, mm -hmm. we haven't given away enough bags that we thought we would. Her, her dad encouraged us and he said there was one guy that um came to know christ as his lord and savior he was yeah. saved that day he reminded us and said it doesn't matter if one sheep returns if one comes back yes. you know the angels in, in heaven are rejoicing over that one person just to remember that what we're doing that we can't let the enemy you know take us down in that way and that we have to walk boldly it's just been the greatest blessing to us to be able to to have this ministry to do it together too together that's yeah. that's the best thing for yeah. us well let us encourage you too as god stories radio because uh we just celebrated our one year anniversary yeah. amen there were several times mike and i sat in this living room and we just looked at each other and went why yeah really when we finally turned it over to god and said hey this is god stories radio not Fritz Stories Radio or Mike Stories Radio. And God started to bring people. And then there was, it's just gotten now to where there's the guest that he wants is At on. At the time he wants. And right. it touches a certain listener every time. I mean, we had, a, we had a girl call up a couple of weeks ago, or text, actually, message through Facebook. Yes. That uh, she had taken some pills and, but anyway, um, I really just wanted to say that, you know, patience, perseverance, right. long-suffering, reach character. Those questions that you have, as I say, the on that yeah, shoulder, them off your shoulder. <laughs> those off. questions that you're having, especially being negative questions and taking you away from where your your goal is and your project is, you know where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. just, Absolutely. Just remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the Lord kind of put you through the tests early on so that you realize the power couple knows where the power is coming from. Yep. Amen. So yeah. even in those uh, little, sometimes insignificant tests, you do learn. Perseverance. Absolutely. Perseverance, character, character, hope, hope, faith. Yeah. Yes. I hated that verse when I first <laughs> Oh, man, really? Do I really have to persevere? I got to keep going. How long? How long? Yeah. How long have you been doing it, Mike? Oh, seven six, and a half years. seven years. Yeah. Like, really? Oh. Yeah. When I hear the 20 years, the 20-plus 
people that say, yeah, I've been doing this for 20 plus years. And I'm like, oh, Lord, I had to go that long. <laughs> but it's all worth it. We've been doing this for like it. half a year. We're like, wow. Mm-hmm. But uh, strap in because uh, I'll tell you, God will take you on the ride of your life. I mean, uh, the people that we've met, the testimonies we've heard, the people that have sat in this living room, it just amazes me. Or the call-ins. The call-ins. I mean, just all of them, unique in their own way. So, But we are, uh, God Stories Radio is going to uh, partner with you. And as a matter of fact, uh, the website's being built. And also we're going to put a link to everything on God Stories Radio as a ministry partner. So we're going to partner you. with you. you in faith. And um, we are also believing for operations capital. You know, we're trying to get incorporated. and Yeah. And whatnot. Well, that's so. that's on the way. That's on the way. It's I know it. <clears throat> the five hundred one is next. Yeah, that's so. where we. That's what we're hoping for. Right. So yeah. we'll kind of grow together. It'll be yeah, pretty. It'll be definitely. pretty cool. Yeah. We'll reconvene in a year and uh, see we'll what go. Happens. Hey, what what are you guys doing? <laughs> I don't know. What are you doing? <laughs> what are hey, you doing? Hey. how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing all right. <laughs> hey, thanks guys for coming out. Thank you, Fritz. Thank you so much. Thank so you. man, I you know. We get going. I could sit here and talk all night, but I yeah. we try to keep the show around forty five minutes to an hour. So. Yeah, definitely. But uh, that's a quick hour. It really but is. That was, yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, anyway, before we before we run, uh, just make sure that the listeners know how to get in touch with you guys. Definitely. Um, our best way, uh, just because Owen and I have access, is to our email address. It is two loaves one fish at gmail dot com, and the two and the one are the actual numbers. Um, there's also a Facebook page, Two Loaves, One Fish, um, and you can see our videos, our pictures, and see where we'll be out in the streets next. Yes, absolutely go on YouTube. You will be so moved by those videos. Oh, yeah. And to um, God Stories Radio at Gmail, if you have any questions for Sarah or Owen and uh, would like to speak to them or anything, I'm sure that they would be glad to speak with you personally. So just drop us a line at God Stories Radio at Gmail. Uh, This session will be up on www.godstoriesradio.com. And you can also tweet us. You can tweet us. On the Twitter, at God Stories Radio, Facebook.com, slash God Stories Radio. That's right. We have iHeart. iHeart Radio, Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes. We're blessed. (laughs) We're just blessed, Mike. (laughs) We're just blessed. Favor. In over 28 countries. Yep. So we're blessed. Well, that wraps it up for session 43. I appreciate everybody hanging out with us for an hour. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. God bless. God bless.
everything you never said and all the things you thought instead and everyone you never knew and everywhere you're going to and every song you want to sing and every smile as it begins it's yours and yours